You're listening to a message from Crosspoint Church in Williston, Vermont, with lead pastor Todd West. Find out more about us at crosspointvt.org. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media. Thanks for being here today. Be seated. Good morning. Good to see all of you here, somewhere out there. It's a problem with glasses in glaring lights. It's like, but they'll turn black in a minute because there's, when the light's on them, they just get dark. So I'm not really trying to be Hollywood, you know, but <laughs> if it happens, it happens. That's just the way it is. On behalf of Pastor Todd and our team, uh, thank you for being here this morning. I'm sure he is uh, thinking about us this morning. He sent me a text earlier, and God is just uh, so good. And aren't you glad he's still working? You know, if I'd have been me, if I'd have been God, I'd have given up on me. I'd have said, no way, there's no hope. He can't make it. I've done everything I could for him. He's a wreck. But you know what? God said, no way. There's still something left in that man. There's still something that he's got in his spirit that needs to come out. There's still a, a work in his life that needs to be developed. And God's not through with any of us. And you may have had a week that came right from W, uh, well, never mind. It came from H-E, H-E hockey sticks. There we go. <laughs> and, and if it did, that's okay because God got you through. And he's still working. And you're making it. Every day. If you got up this morning, say amen. 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 If you took a breath this morning, say hallelujah. hallelujah. So that means you're alive. Amen. We want to say uh, hello and goodbye to Nancy Easley. This is her last Sunday with us, I think. No? One more? You've changed. You're into March now. All right. So she's here till March. Last week she was here till February. <laughs> so, all right. So we got to keep her for a little while anyway. Amen. That's good. Well, I didn't want to forget you. You know, uh, I think I hear the word uh, in the Lord talking to me this morning about uh, the message is about what is our message and what is our message for the mission that we've been called. We've been talking about missions. We've been talking about the mission that God has given each and every one for us. We've been made for a mission. Say that with me. I've been made for a mission. But today we're going to find out what's my message. You've got to have a message if you have a mission. Every mission has a message. But not every message has a mission. And that's so true. There's a lot of messages out there in the world, but there's no mission behind them. There's a lot of things we're hearing, but they're unfruitful and unproductive. They're not necessarily having to do with anything in progressing and forwarding the gospel and the kingdom of God. But as a Christian, we have not only a mission, but we have a message that backs that mission up. And you and I need that mission, and we need that message. Well, what is a mission? Well, a mission is a task that is assigned or begun. A mission is a, a task that is regarded as a very important duty. A mission is a group of people sent by a government to represent it in a foreign country. You all have a mission. 
We're, we're strangers, we're pilgrims, we're aliens, we live here. But this is all foreign to us, this isn't our home. Aren't you glad that this isn't home? You're just moving on to a place where someday he's going to welcome us in and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I mean, it's going to be one. I look at it and say, God, could today be that day? Because on Friday morning, I was ready. (laughs) Two feet of snow. Couldn't find my truck. I mean, it's out there. And I'm thinking, great time, God, to come. (laughs) Even so, come quickly. But that didn't happen. I shoveled out the truck, shoveled out the van. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking God's given me a message about the sun. (laughs) See, last year, (laughs) last year, summer was on a Tuesday. Do you remember that? It's the only day we had. But I got to thinking about the sun. I said, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I'm thinking if I'm in Florida, I'm a free man. That's... Because <laughs> yeah. that's the sun I'm looking for, along with the other one, of course. If we have a message, <clears throat> defining a message is the main idea that you want people to remember from a speech, an advertisement, an article, etc. A main idea that you want people to remember. Every time we open our mouth, there ought to be something in there that's directing and steering people to the kingdom of God. And there ought to be something that has a message that people are going to remember. And the achieving message that we have in us is to draw people closer to the Lord. It's not about us. It's not about drawing people to me or you. It's about how close can I get people to God by the words that I speak, by the message I present. And that message may be written, it may be spoken, but that message has always got to point to Christ and the kingdom. How do we share that message? And let me just give you a few ideas on how to share a message that God has put within us. Number one, and I'm going to tell you what your message is in a minute. But number one, to start a message, to proclaim, if you will, we'll call it our testimony. We'll call it our witness. Never approach anyone with the word of God. I mean, with a word in you for God without first asking God. Go to him in prayer and ask him, Lord, what would you have me do today? And what would you have me say to that specific individual you're going to lead me to? It's a great prayer. It's a little prayer. But what we do is we give God control of it. And then when it doesn't turn out the way we think it should, it's not ours. We've already asked God. And so God takes it over. And we'll say, God, use me any way you can. Number one, start with prayer. And then number two, what is the main thing I want to convey when I speak to people? What what do I want to leave them with? Well, I want to leave them with a hope. Do I want to leave them with with a a joy? Do I want to leave them with with gratitude? Do I want to leave them built up and pressing on? Every Christian should have that message in their heart. If we speak and the message isn't edifying to one another and not blessing to God, then we've not spoken a Christian message. 
We've spoken a message from our heart. But be careful about the heart. Because there's a lot of wickedness in the heart. The message has to point, and the message has to be something that conveys who Christ is in our lives. What part of my message best applies to the current situation? Now, as a pastor, we used to get these all the time. Somebody calls up, they're in a crisis. And we know we have to go and be in that crisis situation. But you're always asking God. You're always asking God, whatever I am going into, Lord, how does that message that I have in my heart best apply? Because you and I have nothing to say except for what Christ has said to us and done in us. That goes into any situation. Be ready in season and in out of season. How, how can you do that? You know, I've been at, I've been at the deathbeds. I've, I've held dying infants in my hand. I've, 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 I've walked with grieving mothers. We've prayed without ceasing. We've been in situations of domestic violence and, and abuse. And, and every time you have to come and say to the Lord, how does my message best fit this situation? Because you need a message at that point. You need to say something at that point that's going to bring peace and strength to that situation. It's difficult. But we can do it through Christ. I'm going to give you a hint. God has put something in you you don't even know you have. God has given you the ability to minister in every situation. You say, well, how can that be? I've not been to Bible college. No, you don't have to. There's a spirit in you called the Spirit of God. And he's going to tell you everything you need to tell, everything you need to say, when to say it, how to say it, when to speak and when not to speak. Your message may be verbal or your message may be physical. Some of the greatest messages I've ever, ever conveyed to someone was just coming up there, giving them a hug and sitting with them for hours on end. What a great message. But how can we do that? And why do we do that? Again, to bring glory to the Lord. Now, I want to give you a little hint here. Don't try to be somebody you're not. If God hasn't done a specific thing in your life, don't share it like God has. Share what God has done for you. Again, your testimony is built on you and you alone. It's not built on Brother John's testimony and you don't take that testimony and apply it to yourself. You say, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I have the answer. I don't know how to best uh, help you and minister to you in this situation, but I know that when I was in that same situation, I know how God ministered to me. So what are we doing? We're taking that which God has done for us and we're giving it out to someone else. What, what, is that, what does that do? That's a message with a mission. The mission is go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. Make disciples. And every time you share your message, there's a discipleship program in the works. You're building something in someone's life. 
cornerstones, foundation stones. You're putting back where the rubble has been and where the erosion has occurred. You're, you're building back into someone's life who's, who's tipped over and ready to be condemned. And yet you're building back into them and shoring up that foundation and say, don't give up. Don't give up. There's hope. The glory of the Lord is in your message in him alone. And don't worry about the result, you know, especially with witnessing and, test- and giving you testimony. What if people don't understand? What if people don't get what I'm saying? What, what if I don't see the results that I want to see? You know, every evangelist, every pastor, every Sunday expects that and hopes and prays that people will receive the message. And sometimes we walk out of church and think, did anybody listen today? <laughs> Was there anybody there? But it's true. That message that you spoke got into someone's heart. And the answer comes like this. Don't worry about the results. You may be just planting seed. We don't always have to see the result. But somebody's got to plant a seed. And someone has to water it. But God always gives the increase. So a lot of times, when, when Paul was preaching to King Agrippa, he, he said, King Agrippa says, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Now, wouldn't that build you up in your faith? You, you were right there, but you didn't quite get to it. I'll hear you again on this matter, he says. But it doesn't matter because the word went out and the seed was planted. And what a difference that makes. Watch and listen. God is the one who draws them in. No man comes to the Father but by the Spirit. He draws them to himself. Years ago at our, at our other church, we had a guest speaker come and he was all about uh, sharing your message and how to, test, how to evangelize and how to give your testimony, how to witness. <laughs> and he forgot that we're from Vermont. <laughs> so it's a bit different, you know. And he comes in his three-piece suit and, you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, he's dressed to the nines. He's got silk on and this and that, pocket handkerchief. Nothing wrong with that but it doesn't necessarily work in the crowd that he was with. And he was telling all of us, you know, this is what you do to, to, to you got to make sure your fingernails are clean, your hair's right. You got to make sure there's no hair in your nose, or your ears. I mean, he was just going through this whole nine yards. And at the time I was working construction and I said, buddy, if you showed up on my construction site, you'd be locked in one of those work trailers. <laughs> they wouldn't listen to you. Because you're not portraying who you really are. You're trying to convince people that this is how we're supposed to look. No, no. Our message is not on the outward appearance. But our message is in the heart. Right? God doesn't look on the outward. God looks on the inward. So you have to get near people. you got to touch people. you got to get in where it's sticky and smelly and dirty sometimes. You've got to be able to 
put your message in places where you wouldn't even think about going, but God may call you there. And here's the message I have. That's a terrible place. I can't go there, God. No. What if God called you and you're walking down the street and he says, I want you to go in that bar right now and speak to that man. Well, God, I'm a Christian. I can't go to the bar. Well, I'll tell you what. If God tells you to do it, you better go. You better go. And you hear testimonies of people like Dutch Sheets and other, other speakers that are world-renowned who was in a bar one night, and a man came in and said, what are you doing here? Or the Lord spoke to him and said, what are you doing here? Now, if God can go in and speak to a man, we ought to be able to do the same thing. And I'm not advocating going there and get hammered. I'm advocating... <laughs> can you still say hammered? Is that right? You know what? You can have a glass of water. He's just wanting you to be where someone is. Don't be afraid of people and don't be afraid of religion. It's not religion that's going to save people. Your message has nothing to do with religion. Wow. I was born a Christian. Well, praise God. How's that working for you? The problem with be born the problem with being born a Christian is that you can never be reborn. Because if you're already there, what's the sense? I'd rather be born a heathen and walk into a place where I meet Jesus and I walk out of there in a new birth, a new life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. Oh, I remember the day. So very well, if we had time, we could share the testimonies of all of us, how God revealed himself to us. Everyone, everyone that has ever encountered Jesus has a message. Has a message. You'll have to forgive me. I skipped a page. <laughs> Almost back there. Wow. Phyllis, did I forget to print one? No, here we go. No, that's not it. Oh, wow. I'm on a roll. I guess I don't need these notes. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know how that happened. I, I missed the whole page. Back in my computer, if you want to stop by later on. <laughs> my message has to do with what Christ has done in my life. And it's my obligation and my duty to use that message to touch someone else. I say, well, I don't know who I can relate to. You can relate to someone in this crowd. You can relate to someone in the grocery store. You can relate to someone in the workplace. Because someone's going through what you've been through. Someone's experiencing what you, you've already experienced. Someone's struggling and wondering how they're going to get through that. But you have the answer. 
You know, the, the, years ago, I, I was physically hurt and emotionally a wreck. And, and I, w- I was wounded. My heart was wounded. And I was, I was ready to call it quits. Totally quits. And there's an old saying that hurt people hurt people. But that's not true if the hurt person finds Christ. And the hurt person allows Christ to come into their life. And the hurt person reaches up his hand and Christ takes hold of it and brings him into a secure relationship with him. See, I've been in a place where I didn't know where Christ was. And I've been in a place where I didn't know where I was. And I've been in a place where I was lost for almost two years. Had no idea where I was, what I was doing, and where I was going. But one day, in the darkness of that time, God showed up. And God showed up and said, you were hurt, but you're not anymore. And for the next six years, I worked with hurt people. That was my calling. I worked with them because I'd been there. And I knew what they were going through. Because I came from a church that said, if you're having problems, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. All you need to do is laugh a little more. Now, you know what, folks? They had no idea. But see, when God pulls the rug out from under you, there's a season where you have to endure that. And there's a season why you question not necessarily that God is real, but question what God are you doing? And then when you come out of that, you think, man, I never want to go through that again. And I don't. But I was able to see that in other people's lives. I was able to pick that out. And I was able to go to that brother or sister and say, listen, I know exactly what you're going through. Why? Because that's my message. My mission statement in this world is to reclaim, restore, and empower hope to the hopeless. That's my mission statement. And you can read Romans 15, 13. We are to have a hope. And and that mission statement brings us to a place where we have now the obligation and the duty Because if Christ has brought you through, it's not just for you to celebrate that you're free. Christ has brought you through through to sit you in a place where you can go to work. Every one of you that have a testimony today, every one of you that have a message what God has done, you now have a commission. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. How do you do that? You go into all the world that you're around you, your neighborhood, your schools, whatever it might be, and you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and good news. Well, they don't understand. It's all political. It's all this. It's all that. Listen, no one's asking you to get involved in politics. Get involved with Jesus. We got so many people worried about this and this and this and this, and we're not speaking anything as a church about the kingdom of God. We're speaking about this and COVID and vaccines and all of this other stuff. Christians, we're being deceived because what's happening is the message of the cross is being filtered out while all these other messages are being filtered in. 
Take no thought for that. Keep on preaching Christ and him crucified. That's the message. That's the message. Don't, don't get sidetracked. When, when is it that the church has decided to, the best thing to, to do for their people was to be argumentative and, and, and question authority and, and do all of that? That's not what God called us to do. What God has called us to do is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's a very simple message. And if I had time, I'd give you the rest of these. Just thousands of pages. Okay, not really, but... You say, what's mine? There's a man that was born blind in John chapter 9. And if you get a chance, read that whole scripture. And Jesus came to him and made some spit, spit on some clay, spit on some dirt, made some clay. And he put it on the man's eyes. And the man didn't know what he was doing because he never saw it coming. Uh, never mind. And then Jesus said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, the name of that pool means sent. And Jesus was giving him a commission at that time when his eyes were being healed. He said, go and wash. I'm fixing you. I'm healing you so that you can go and then be sent to those around you. And you know the great stir that was going on in there and who he was and was he really blind and they got his parents and his parents said he was born blind. He's a full-grown man, ask him. And this thing went on and on and on. And finally the Pharisees got sick of him because he was preaching to them almost. And he said they excommunicated him, threw him out of the temple. Jesus found him. I love that. And his testimony and his words were, here's my message from this man. I don't know anything. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. What a great message. And Jesus found him and said, what about it? You want to know about Jesus? You want to know about the Lord? You want to know about salvation? And he said, I would if I knew who it was. And Jesus said, I am he that is telling you. And immediately the man worshipped him. Now what a conversion. And I want to tell you, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed of your message. God has uniquely touched each and every one of us for, for a reason. And that reason is that we might go and touch a world that is hurting, that is helpless that is confused, that has no answers. But Jesus has the answer. But he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we must turn the world back to Christ. Because if we don't, we're going to be lost. Christianity will lose its place in the world, already on a slippery slope. It has to have preeminence in our life. It has to be in a place where we can speak to those around us and say, I know nothing at all. I know nothing at all. Paul said, I know nothing at all, save Christ crucified and risen. You don't know anything today, and you don't have to. 
I'm not making light of education or anything. I'm saying your message is has to be the message what Christ has put in you. Lenny, what's Christ done for you? That's your message. You know, don't be ashamed of that. People might ex- ex- excommunicate you because they don't understand. They might excommunicate us because the message we're preaching now is unfamiliar to them. They remember who we were. Isn't this Joseph's son? Who does he think he is? But take the message that God's given you and run with it. And then take the the great commission and use the message as your tool to go out there. Say, well, I, I don't have all the equipment. I don't... Listen, how do, I, how do I work with the hopeless? You know, an encouraging word is one of the best tools you can speak. What the world is looking for is validation, that they, they matter, that they have a place, that their life has substance, that God created them for something spectacular and specific for them. We say, well, we, we don't have... You have something that God's put in you. What has God done for your life? What has God done for you? That's your message. God saved me. That's the beginning. God loves me. That's another step. God won't leave me or abandon me. And God has met every need. And God continues to meet every need. Every step of the way. And I'm not talking financial. Let's get away from that. Let's get away to the message of our heart. What is the message of my heart? I was scum. I was lost and undone without God and his son. And he reached down his hand for me. What about you? When you go to work tomorrow, think about what God's done in your life. Think about where you'd be without him. And take, in the back of your mind, the Great Commission says, go and make disciples. And listen, all I have is what God has done for me. I was blind, but now I'm seeing. I was a drunk, but now I'm sober. I was strung out in drugs, but now I'm clean. All because of Christ. That's your message. And use it. And I'm going to say, don't get caught up in the world's conversation. Get caught up in the, world, in the out of the world conversation. What's the kingdom having to say? Find out what God's doing and join him. That's what Blackaby says. And I think that's a good thing to do. Hey, God bless you. I love y'all. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Cross Point Church in Williston, Vermont. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want to encourage you to text YES to Jesus to 484848. If you want to learn more about Cross Point, get connected or find ways to give, visit crosspointvt.org. Have a blessed day.